0: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you on another Thursday morning to try to bring you some numbers so we can get our geek on. Oh, it's been an interesting week since the last time we got together The last stat geek, I'm laying out all these things, all these numbers, really did a good comparison about how uh, the narrative of what Steeler fans thought was going to be happening against the Tennessee Titans versus what was shaping up. Well, guess what? The script was flipped again in a bad way to where the Steelers and Titans did not even have a chance to meet on the field in Tennessee. Uh, Hopefully everyone knows the story by now. They know that the Steelers game has been rescheduled to week seven and bumped their regular week seven matchup against the Baltimore Ravens was bumped to week eight when both teams, the Steelers and Ravens were scheduled to have a bye week seven was the Titans bye week. So now the Steelers will be facing the Ravens in week eight after they are coming off of their bye. And that is the plan right now. Um, Yes, it stinks, but it is what it is. But a lot of stuff coming on out of Tennessee after, after a couple of days of no positive COVID tests. Then on Wednesday, man, two more positives. And I was doing the math, of course, being the stat geek that I was. I was running the numbers with one Jefferson Hartman. I know it's really Jeff Hartman, but that's just kind of our little nickname for him. And I was running these numbers and saying, wait a second, the last time that the Titans would have been in in the facility, for sure was last Monday. So you're talking the 28th, I do believe, of September. Then you had the everything going down on the 29th, which was a scheduled day off. So I'm sure players, they were there to get their COVID tests. But you know whether or not they came in the facility, some of them may have, some of them may not. I don't know that for sure. But it was after that that they were saying, stay away. No one around, no one around. Out of the facility, facilities closed, no close contact with each other. If We've got to make sure we've got everything taken care of. And what was the news that came out? The report on Wednesday, a bunch of the players decided to go meet somewhere else to, to practice some to get ready for the Steelers or just stay up on their game in general. So while I understand why the Steelers are upset, I wonder if before that story came out, if someone, if players like Ben Roethlisberger were aware of it, because he seemed kind of, kind of a little bit miffed about the whole situation in his uh, time with the media on Wednesday. And frankly, I don't blame him because that's, it's kind of one of those things in life where you, everyone's got to do everything right. And you do your part to do everything right. And somebody else... Complete you, completely let you down. It's kind of like doing that group project in school. I remember doing group projects. My wife despises, to this day, still despises group projects because nobody else was ever working to the standard that she set forth for herself. It wasn't a bare minimum requirement. It was this is what needs to be done to make this project or the best that it could be. And therefore, Those people that took that attitude ended up doing more work. Those that were like, I'm just doing the minimum of that. I don't even care. They were basically flying by and letting other people do the work for them. Right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are are They're that they're that person. That's not satisfied with anything less than hundred percent on the project. They're doing everything that they got to do. As far as we know, that's everything that's been laid out to us so far with coach Tomlin and the captains. We have no reason to believe otherwise. And they're 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 that student. And it seemed like, you know, the, the, the Tennessee Titans was was the kid that might not have even been passed in the class, doesn't really care about their grade on this thing, and more importantly, doesn't care if they screwed it up for everybody else. That's the way it's coming across right now. I'm not sure that's a perfect analogy, but that's the way we feel as Steelers fans and the players feel that they're they're having to deal with somebody else. Not doing what everyone knew you had to do going into this season, I mean, none of the Steelers opted out because part of that is you've got to know if it, you've got to trust your organization they're going to do the right thing. It seems like everything's going with the Steelers that they're all trying to keep the protocol, do what they need to do, and more in order to have this season, and yet they get derailed and don't get to play a game because of someone else we'll see how things go down. Um, I was never a fan of the forfeit. Um, I definitely think too many people jump the gun. The last thing I want to do, and I'm going to go on record saying this, the last thing I want to do is draw a conclusion without good data. I laid this out in an article. This is the geekiness of me, you know, laying out, you know, with my science background, scientific method, You know, you've got a problem, you form the hypothesis, you figure out how you're going to collect data, you collect that data, and you draw the conclusion on your data. You don't draw the conclusion based on your hypothesis. And for those people that were screaming, Tennessee did something really bad when they said this last Tuesday or Wednesday, yes, they just so happened to be correct. But it doesn't mean that they didn't, that those people that jumped to that conclusion did the right thing. You need to base your conclusions off the data. Now we're getting the data where you can actually have a substantial conclusion and not just a knee-jerk reaction, not just trying to fight for your hypothesis being right, because when it comes to science, it's not about your hypothesis being right. It's about drawing your conclusion from good quality data. All right. That was probably even more geeky than the stat geek needs to be. So we'll see what happens. I will say, from a number standpoint, people that are saying, hey, if Tennessee can't play this week, it should be a forfeit. There's no reason it should be a forfeit this week and not last week. To me, if it's going to be one, it's going to be both. That's the whole thing of being fair. I don't know that that'll happen. I'm not looking for the Steelers to win a game based on a forfeit. I'm just saying that if teams are going to be punished, then this is how it needs to go. I would rather the Steelers win on the field. But that's the Titans. We will have to talk about them again later. Unless something else happens where the Steelers don't play them. But that's kind of what's going on in the world with the Steelers. We don't have a game to talk about. That's what we usually do for the first half of this show is talking about the last week's game. Break down some of the numbers. We don't have that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about, and I, I cut this off with, you know, looking at the Mike Tomlin era. So I went back to 2007. I'm going to look at the Steelers' first three games that they've had since 2007 through 2020 and see if there's some places where this team is maybe standing out or some places where they might be lacking a little bit. We're going to look at that just for a few minutes. Then I got another, another um, question that was posed to me, another, another listener question. And then we'll roll on in, into looking at stuff with the Eagles uh, after we take our, our very short commercial break. But if you're talking about the Steelers, there's two main things that really jump out about the Steelers that's really going well so far in 2020. The first things we got to look at is rushing yards surrendered, okay? Rushing yards surrendered. Through the first three games, the Steelers have only surrendered 162 rushing yards that is the the best they have ever done under mike tomlin um when it actually come when, when it comes to those yards uh, i got double i got a i'm still making sure that i'm double checking everything um although oh i almost messed it up by looking at the number of rushing yards and not the not yards given up so 162 yards not only is the best ever under Mike Tomlin. It's the best ever the first three games. All the way dating back as far as I could go, which was 1940. That through three games the Steelers have not given up the those few rushing yards. Now it's a different game than it was in the past. Rushing was the big thing in the past. But still, so was defense. And this defense, they're they're really coming through. That is <laughs> a far cry from 2019 when the Steelers, through the first three games, had given up 418 rushing yards, which is the worst in the Mike Tomlin era. So they went from worst to first. in one year when it came to rushing yards surrendered. Um, The second least amount of rushing yards under Mike Tomlin was the 2010 season, where they gave up 179 in the first three games. So the thing that's crazy about that is, your opponents could really come into that a little bit because, I mean, look, last year the, the the Steelers took on the number one rushing offense in the NFL in week three in the San Francisco 49ers. I'm pretty sure they were number one. If they weren't number one, it was the Ravens. Let's just say they were top three. We'll just say that, that they were definitely a, a top three rushing offense. I, I, I'm trying to block so much of 2019 NFL season out of my brain that some of those things I'd like to forget that that don't pertain to the Steelers. So that's a big turnaround. It could be based on their opponents. We'll talk about that a little bit in the second half when we go to start comparing them with the Eagles. But the other thing is 15 sacks through three games, 15 sacks through three games. That's the best they've done under Mike Tomlin, that's because the the second best was in 2007, where they had 12 sacks through the first three games. Last season, the Steelers only had six sacks through the first three games, and they still put up over 50. So the thing is, they got the sacks in the games that they needed to get the sacks. It was is looking pretty good. Um, really like where the Steelers are, are going with these things. That um, Those are g- great things to build upon. Now, there's not a lot to look at really from the offense. When it comes to the offense over the first three games, a lot of this stuff is middle of the road. A whole lot of it's middle of the road. I do like one thing where they've really jumped. It's The Steelers have had 90 rushing attempts in their first three games. And under Mike Tomlin, that's the third most. But here's what's, this is really telling it's not really about the rushing attempts. It comes more down to the record. Um, Cause and effect is going to be big here because the Steelers have 90 rushing attempts. The only two years where the the Steelers had more rushing attempts in the first three games were the other two years the Steelers started 3-0. In 2010, they had 96 rushing attempts. And in 2007, they had 108 rushing attempts. So the Steelers, they're going to run the ball more often when they are doing well, when they are winning. Last year, the Steelers had the fewest amount of rushing attempts through three weeks, but they were 0 and 3. There was, you know, Coach Tomlins only started 0 and 3 twice in his career. And that was last year in 2019. And then a, that 2013 season um, where we know they started 0 and 4. Yep. Um, so now the yards are a little bit different story because that's more where the Steelers, I mean, they're, they're fourth, the they're fourth most yards. Out of out of these years, going back to 2007, where two thousand and seven where to where twenty nineteen was the second lowest yard, so it kind of goes hand in hand, but they're doing quite well with their yards per attempt and their yards per attempt they they're they're sitting fourth as well at four point six six yards per attempt, but you also got to remember something else that throws that off with the Steelers. they've had a lot of kneel downs. They've taken a lot of kneel downs in three games, which, which you gotta like. I should have looked that number up of exactly how many kneel downs they have. Um, I know they have at least, I'm pretty sure four, four from the last game, because they had one at the end of the half and four and three at the end of at the end of the game, and and a, and one or two from the week before. Gotta love those kneel downs. So that's just some numbers to to look at that. One more thing I want to look at. I don't want to focus all one on on really the good. There's one thing defensively that is the lowest that the Steelers have done in three games uh, to open the first three games. And that is uh, the number of third down conversions they've given up as a defense. They're tied um, for for the most under the Tomlin air. And they've given up 18 third down conversions um, to their opponents. So that's something that they could always tighten up a little bit better. But um, I'm still really happy with what the Steelers have done through through games. so and I'm really hoping that having that bye week didn't throw things off. I'm hoping it gave them a chance to even get a little bit more focus and you know get a little bit ticked off. Uh, I, I've said it, I said it on the Scrobo, Scobro show, and I wrote it in an article earlier this week. Steelers, it's fine for them to be ticked off at the Titans. Take it out on the Eagles take it out on the Eagles. I want to answer this question real quick before we do our break. And that was a, a question that I had actually from one of our fellow podcasters. This was Maddie P, one of our blokes from down under, from the, from the Steelers touchdown under show on Saturdays, uh, wanted to know, asked me in the live chat. And I, I, I had to look this up about the Steelers. If they've ever had four straight home games before because not traveling to Tennessee last week, that means they will go, they had two home games, a bye and two home games. And I looked it up and I'll be honest with you. I went all the way back to 1972. The reason I stopped at 1972 is because that's when it went from a 16 game season to a 14 game season. Cause I was looking at games, you know, 15 and 16 and things like that. Got a little bit trickier and it was a little bit harder to put, you know, that many in a row. So, I'll, so disclaimer This goes back to 72, the Steelers, they have had, I got to count them up six times where they've played three consecutive home games and one where you could technically say they went to four. All right, here, here's the deal with those in the three, every single one of them included the playoffs. Because when I did this streak, I didn't look at regular season. I looked at regular season and playoffs. I did not look at preseason because preseason does not count in the standings. And you're saying, well, do the playoffs count in the standings? Well, the playoffs are the standings. The playoffs are what you're shooting for. That's the whole point of the standings. So yes, I'm looking at the playoffs. So I can say most recently, when, when we look at these games that were three, that we have uh 2016, where the where where the Steelers um were at home in week 16, 17, and at home for the wild card. They won all three games. I was there for the last two of them. It was an overtime win without Ben Roethlisberger. He was resting um, against, the, uh, against the Browns. And then they played Miami in the playoffs and beat Miami. So they had three straight games, three straight wins. Then the year before they did it as well because it went, Home home week sixteen, home week seventeen, and wild card. But that one, I was there for two out of those three as well. Um, I was there for the week seventeen, where that meant that they won the division. Um, but that was when they lost Le'Veon Bell, and then lost to the to the Ravens um, at Heinz Field in the wild card when they had to go out and sign Ben Tate off the street in order to have a running back. So then you go back to two thousand eight, where the where the Steelers were at home in week 17, they were home in the divisional round and home for the conference championship. So they had three straight games there and three straight wins because then they went on to the Super Bowl. Um, Back in 2001, the Steelers uh, had a home game in week 17 and then hosted uh, the the, the divisional round and the conference championship. In that one, they went win-win-loss. They they lost that conference championship in 2001 to that team up North. Then you had 1992. I'm going to skip 92 and I'm going to go all the way back to 1979. Cause we're going to come back to 92 in 79, the Steelers, this was before they had a buy. They, they won or they, they hosted when they did win, they were at home for week 16 at home for the divisional round and home for the conference championship. And they had three straight wins there. So, When they're at home for a long stretch, they they stack up some wins, except one time, which is your one time you could technically say they had four straight home games with an asterisk. This was in 1992 slash 93. I think you know where I'm going to go with here, that the Steelers were home in week 16, home in week 17, home in the divisional round, and then they opened up at home the following season because they did not play another game after that divisional round because they lost that one. So they actually lost three out of those four games. But if you go in from one season to the next, they hit four, four straight home games, you know, not counting the preseasons, preseasons. They went 16, 17 divisional in the week one. They didn't even do that any other time. That was the only time that I found that they, that they did that. I don't know if you would count that or not. I'm not going to count it um, to say, this is definitely the only time that they've had four straight home games in the regular season that I've been able to find. Um, if someone else can can contradict me with that, I would really like to know, but I'm pretty sure that's it. I don't even know that they've had three straight home games during the during the regular season that did not include a playoff game. With that, we're going to roll into our commercial here. We went a little bit long in the first first segment, so we'll go a little bit shorter in the next one, but we're not going to skimp out on it because we are talking about this matchup coming up with the Philadelphia Eagles, so make sure you stick around. We'll be right back after this break. And we are back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. This is Dave Schofield of Behind the Steel Curtain, co-editor. I am the official stat geek of the website. Um, I guess I still hold that title. I still try to crunch some numbers as much as I can. But uh, we just talked about some stuff going on with the Steelers uh, so far this season. We answered a question about consecutive home games. Now... We're going to dive into this matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles coming up uh, this week at Heinz Field, which first of all, got to be excited, going to be some fans in the stands. Not a lot, but not a lot is better than none. I will always say that not a lot is better than none. But what's going on here is the Steelers, they need to get this monkey off their back. They need to vanquish this formidable opponent because I did some digging. And let's just say this: the Steelers have a chance to change history on Sunday. That's right, a chance to change history. Because if you go back to their all-time records, that well, this once again, all I could get back to is 1940 when it actually records these games. If you go all the way back to 1940, and you look at the Steelers and their opponents, any idea the the opponent who has the best Winning percentage against them, that would be the Philadelphia Eagles, who in 66 games are 42-21-3 and three against the Steelers for a win percentage of 65.9%. That is the worst of any opponent that the Steelers have. Well, best for the opponent, worst for the Steelers, meaning they have the worst record against the Eagles of any other team in the NFL dating back to 1940. Now, that's an awful lot of games, and that's an awful lot of times of the Steelers not being very good. The Steelers were not very good from 1940 up until the 70s. So let's let's change up the narrative a little bit. Let's make it a little bit more realistic. Let's go post-merger. Let's go 1970 when the Steelers went to the AFC and look at all the teams they have faced since 1970, and this, this isn't just regular season. This is regular season and playoffs. This is everything. Guess who that team would be. It's still the Philadelphia Eagles that are only 12 games since the merger that they faced and the Eagles are eight and four. So that is a 66.7% winning percentage against the Steelers. That's not good. That's not what you want to see. So the Steelers, the reason I say they have a chance to to change some history here is if they can get the win on Sunday, that's going to change up who that team is. And here's why. If the Steelers can get that win against the Eagles on Sunday instead of being instead of the Eagles being being 8 and 4 against the Steelers that would make them 8 and 5. So if you're talking 8 and 5, that's a winning percentage of 61.5. That would knock them out of the out of the worst spot for the Steelers is the the opponent that they have the worst record against. If that's the case, Philly would go to 2, Denver would move to 1, which is a 62.1% um winning percentage against the Steelers. But this this just goes to show the Steelers struggle with this team. And especially in Philadelphia. So I'm really glad that this one is in Pittsburgh and it's the Steelers are favored by a touchdown. Uh Philadelphia is coming off their first win of the season. And by getting that win Sunday night against an absolutely devas- devastated by injury San Francisco 49ers, um, they got that, they got that win. Um on a basically on a defensive touchdown um that was just not it just did not look good. Um that put them in the lead for their for their division by having a game, a one win at a tie because of the tie that they had with the with the Cincinnati Bengals and they they had to scrape that tie you know just to send that game to overtime. So they but the, yet here they are leading the AFC East at a 1-2 and 1 Record. Now, they could even lose to the Steelers and have a chance to still be in the lead. Yes, two teams play each other. Um, I mentioned this on the Scobro show that I said, hey, as long as it's not the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys playing, you know, if they were playing, they were guaranteed to at least one of them win or then both tie, um, which would then have them with the same record as the Eagles at the Eagles um, fall this week. But they don't play each other. The Giants and the Cowboys play each other. So, yes, the Cowboys could get that second win, or the Giants could get their first one. We'll just have to see. But let's look at this matchup coming here. I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit like I did with the Titans, and and let's look where these two teams lie with with how they rank so far in the season. Uh, Let's look at the defensive side of the ball first. When it comes to passing defense, Philadelphia is just below the middle of the road. They are 18th against the pass Um, compared to the Steelers who are, this is where it gets tricky. Technically you could say the Steelers are second against the pass, but here's why I wouldn't say that because once the buys start happening in the NFL, this is when these get off a little bit because these are all based on yards and now the Steelers have one less game to go by. So because they have one less game, they're as high as second. Ooh. But what I figured out is, okay, let's see what the Steelers have done so far. And let's, let's take it per game. If you basically average it per game, that puts the Steelers at 13th against the pass in the defense. So Phillies at the 18th best Steelers are the 13th against the rush. Philadelphia is 12th in the league against the Rush, and the Steelers are first. Now, remember, you got you to do the little calculation, and then even after the calculation, the Steelers are still first. It doesn't; They were first before they didn't even play. Their run defense, like I said, top-notch right now. Now, the I mentioned it in the first half. Part of that is maybe it's because of who the Steelers have played, because I will say this. Of the three teams the Steelers have played, They are in the bottom four positions of rushing yards for for 2020. I'll say it again. The three opponents the Steelers have so far this season are in the bottom four in rushing yards this year. Now the question is cause and effect. Are Are the Steelers number one because these teams are at the bottom? Or are these teams at the bottom because they had to face the Steelers who are number one? Uh, I'd like to think it's the second one because I mean, think about it. The Steelers held Saquon Barkley to single digit rushing yards, and then he got hurt the next week. So they just haven't been the same for the Giants. And that's just kind of how things are going. A lot of these teams, they're they're lower down because of the poor numbers they were able they put up against the Steelers when it came to running the ball. So if you look at the offense now, Philadelphia is the 25th ranked offense. Uh, when it comes to passing the ball. So that's that doesn't scream a lot of confidence right there. Now the Steelers are ranked 30th because when you look at offense, when you don't have the yards to put up, that bumps you down rather than bumping you to a higher ranking. But if you do what I did before where you adjust it, that would have put them 18th. That would have put them just below middle of the road. So you've got the Steelers' 18th best passing offense versus Philly's 18th best passing defense. So that's going to be a pretty interesting matchup to look right there. So but then you've got Philly's 25th ranked passing offense against the Steelers adjusted 13th best. So maybe this is a chance where the Steelers can uh can can really do something in defending the pass. When you look at rushing offense, Philly is 16th while the Steelers are 20th. And If you adjust that based on the number of games, that bumps up to eighth. They have the eighth best average, which if you really look at yards per attempt, Philly actually drops down to 18th. The only reason they're a little bit higher is they've run the ball a little bit more, just not as successfully, where the Steelers, um, they only drop one spot to ninth, that they have the ninth best um, yards per average in the NFL. So that's quite interesting. So so Philly is, you know, middle of the road rushing team going up against the number one rushing defense. This will be, this will kind of answer that question I asked before a little bit better. Were those other teams in the bottom of the league rushing because they went against the Steelers or were the Steelers so good because of who they went against? If you look at the names of the running backs for Philadelphia and you want to compare them to the names that the Steelers have already faced, by name recognition alone, You know, some of that doesn't mean much because some of these guys could be a little bit older. Philly would be at the bottom of the list when it comes to their to their running attack. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out with the Steelers running defense against Philadelphia's rushing game. Um, Then, of course, you know, Philly hasn't been they've been decimated with injuries. Um, I know last week they had one day that they only had one wide wide receiver who practiced. So they're dealing with that. So they've been relying a lot on their tight ends, one of which is out. It's going to be quite an interesting matchup for the Steelers. Those are the numbers behind it. But the real number I think is really going to come down to is is 14. You're probably saying, what in the world is 14? And that is the Steelers have not played a game in 14 days. And I talked about it in the past. I put an article out there. The Steelers do well coming out of the bye. They don't start fast, especially offensively. But this is not your typical bye. This is the time for the Steelers to just kind of be ticked off, chip on their shoulder. We had to deal with somebody else's screw up and we got punished for it. Now we're going to come out and punish somebody else. We finally got some fans in the stands. So who are we going to punish? We're going to punish the Philadelphia Eagles. Who's that team that's, that's, that, that, Historically, the Steelers have have the worst winning percentage against the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to change that history. They're going to bump Philly off that top spot. If you look in post merger and say you are no longer going to be that team that 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 says. Uh, that, that the Steelers had the worst record against since 1970. So that is our stat geek this week. Make sure if you have any questions or one of those things, just some numbers curious about with the season or anything going on, make sure you can reach out to me in any way. You can find me on Twitter at STLRSuperfandad, or you can email me at that same thing that says at gmail.com, or you can go to any article that I write on Behind the Steel Curtain. And you can click on contact me there. I will take the answer. I will take any questions we can, because that's a nice little fun segment in order to throw stuff out there. So I'm last Thursday, you had the show and then the Steelers didn't have a game this time. It's full steam ahead. Let's get those people at Heinz Field. Let's get those fans there waving. That's a magic number we talked about on the Scobro Scro- show. It's not going to be 5,500 terrible towels. It's going to be 11,000 because those fans need to have one in each hand to make up for those of us that can't be there. So I'm getting excited. I'm ready to I'm ready to see this team move to 4-0. Um, I, I really think this is a great matchup for them to do so. But they still got to show up and they can't start slow. Like they do coming out of the bye. They got to be able to step up. So let's see that. Let's see that number one. um, Rushing defense. uh, Go out there and see if they can, they they can shut the Eagles down. So I am Dave Schofield coming at you from behind the steel Make sure you are tuning into all of our audio podcasts and please just give us that five-star rating. If you like what you hear, we always appreciate that. But We will see you next Thursday with Steelers Stat Geek. I am Dave Schofield, and thanks for geeking out.